Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests today on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. They'll include Adam Schefter in just a minute. We have significant breaking news from the National Football League. But first things first, I want to say at the very outset, as I did yesterday, that I appreciate anyone who is choosing to spend some of their time with me today here on ESPN. And it is my assumption that you are doing so because you need a respite from what we all spent so much of last night doing and this morning and may very well wind up spending much of the next few days doing. I get it. I'm living the same situation that you are. And I appreciate it. And I am very grateful to have this job and to have this opportunity to share some sports conversation and hopefully a few laughs with you. And that's what I'm assuming you come here for. And so that's what we're going to do. Nothing more and nothing less. And so I'm delighted that you're with me here and it's going to be a busy day. We had a good show this morning. And then just in the last, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, we had significant news break. And when there is big news in the NFL, I always go to Adam Schefter, who joins me here on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. So, Shefty, the 49ers are supposed to play the Packers tomorrow night. And I saw your tweet that the 49ers have closed their facility. I have not had a chance to see any further details. What can you tell us? Green, here's the latest. The 49ers have shut down their facility. There was a positive test. The player that tested positive was the 49ers wide receiver Kendrick Bourne. Mm -hmm. They are doing contact tracing. The 49ers are seeing who he was around. Now, again, there's a chance. Right now, the game is on tomorrow night, but the Green Bay Packers are scheduled to leave Green Bay this afternoon at 4 central time, 4 local time for them, to fly out to San Francisco to play on Thursday night. Now, if they do play that game, and we right now are operating under the assumption that they are, but things are fluid, then basically the 49ers will be without their wide receivers because Debo Samuel already has been ruled out. George Kittle obviously suffered a broken bone in his foot that the Niners say will sideline him for eight weeks. The Niners are missing other wide receivers and are basically down to, in terms of experienced guys, their first-round draft pick, Brandon Ayuk, and that's about it right now. The Green Bay Packers obviously don't have Jamal Williams. They lost him. They lost A.J. Dillon, who tested positive this week. Aaron Jones, they don't know whether they'll have. And so their running backs may be Dexter Williams and Tyler Irving. Hmm. And really, that, that's what this season is, right? It's the NFL having each team field extra players in the practice squad, 16-man practice squad, so that if and when there is a situation like the one that we are now seeing with the 49ers, and the Green Bay Packers, that teams have replacements. They're not as good as the other places, as the other players, but it is a situation where the league believes the games can go on, and we'll see whether the league believes this game can go on with the Niners shutting down today due to a positive test to Kendrick Bourne. Got it. And so, look, I've said it from the very beginning, the only objective from the NFL standpoint this year, and it's understandable, is to get to the finish line any way they can. I commend them for having made it this far, and, and, and I believe they will continue going. But I'm trying to think of a situation exactly like this one. Is this kind of like the New England one before they were supposed to play Denver? They had the positive test, was it one or two days before? And that game wound up getting pushed a week, if I'm rem- am I remembering all of this right? I- I'm trying to think of a of a of a situation well, that has had, been similar. New England had three successive weekends in which its game was repositioned. Right, three. They had the first one 
that it was supposed to be on Sunday at Kansas City. It was moved to Tuesday. They had the one against Denver that was delayed a week. They had their bye week adjusted. They had the game against Denver repositioned for that next week. Right. I, I don't know how we compare this one to other ones because each one is different. There's a midweek game, and the game was scheduled to go on tomorrow night, and the Green Bay Packers, like we said, are leaving to, this afternoon. Um, the look, and, and by the way, as of this morning, the league didn't know about the positive test, right? Mm-hmm. This happened within the hour. And so the league is sifting through this right now to make a determination about what the best plan is to move forward. And, and right now, the plan is to play the game, but will we be shocked if there is an alternative arrangement that is announced this afternoon? No. Well, the one thing that I know we'll do is that we will find that out from your Twitter feed, which is where I find out everything. Shefty, thank you for jumping in here on a moment's notice, and I will see you tomorrow morning if we don't talk before then. Thanks. Yes, thank you, Greeny. Be well. Stay safe. Okay, you too. That's Shefty, who will be with me on Get Up tomorrow, as is every Thursday. And again, with the news there out of San Francisco that they have a positive test, it's Kendrick Bourne, the wide receiver. Now, completely apropos of nothing, the 49ers are about as decimated by injury, more traditional football injury, as any team has been in recent memory. Um, so, but, so this is just another thing they have to deal with. Again, it's an entirely different situation. The injuries were not going to be a reason. Their game tomorrow night against Green Bay didn't get played. This, of course, could be. So we'll see what winds up happening. In the meantime, I want to bring Rob Domoski into the conversation. He, too, is on the Shell Pentel performance line. He is our outstanding Packers reporter. And I, was, I have a lot of other things I want to ask you about, Rob. But let's start with this. We, we are all just getting this news as we go. What, what is your, uh, the information you are getting as far as the Packers' concerns about flying out there this afternoon? They're supposed to go in a few hours. And now I guess there's some uncertainty. What are you hearing? Yeah, I literally just left the facility, Greeny, a few minutes ago having my own COVID test as part of the tested media. And as I was doing that, the Packers were walking across the street, driving across the street to go through their final walkthrough practice. So they are planning to go as scheduled. Their charter flight leaves Green Bay at 4 o'clock local time. So at this point, they're proceeding in a preparation standpoint as if they are going to play and they are going to travel today to San Francisco, obviously, as, as Adam has, has reiterated and reported so well that these things are very fluid. But at this point, from the Green Bay standpoint, uh, they are continuing their preparations to play tomorrow night, and they have their own issues, obviously, COVID and injury-related, mostly at the running back position. Right, and they've got their share of problems there. Rob Demosky, who covers the Packers for us. So that's that side of it, and we'll wait and see. And as further information comes in, we will certainly pass it along here immediately. If that game should have to be rescheduled, postponed, moved around, whatever the case may be, I assure you, you will hear it here immediately. Having said that, Rob, what I really wanted to talk with you about today um, is the Packers, their, the, the, the decision they made not to make any moves at the trade deadline yesterday. And you and I have been talking on my TV show, going all the way back to the draft, about the way they have approached this season and approached what, what might be the last year or two of the Aaron Rodgers era yes. in Green Bay. And I would just ask you what the reaction you are hearing from people there, from players on that team and others, and, and maybe most importantly from Rodgers himself, about yeah. the way yesterday went. Yeah, look, we talked to uh, both Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers in the hours leading up to the trade deadline, and both, while politically correct, said that they certainly wouldn't turn down any help. Uh, Even Devontae Adams, who obviously is a receiver, said, look, obviously I like the guys we have, but if we we could get another one, 
that would be great. And we know they were involved with Houston and Will Fuller and, and weren't able to come to a compensation uh, agreement. Obviously, that's why the deal didn't get done. But look, it's like we've been talking about since March and April, and, and when they, they haven't addressed uh, receiver in free agency, other than signing Devin Funches, who ended up opting out, they didn't address it in the draft, which was the most receiver-rich draft in history, and, and they're not going to address it now. And I thought our colleague Dan Graziano put it perfectly in his trade winners and losers when he said, Packers gonna Packer. And that is just the way that they do business. They don't, they don't mortgage the future for the present. They never have. Right or wrong, that is just the way they operate it, and it, it definitely will lead to frustration. It, it led to previous frustrations with previous coaching staff, uh, and, and I sense that there's the possibility of that as well, although Matt LaFleur told us yesterday after the deadline that they were all, quote, on the same page. Right, because so scratch him off the list of coaches who in the middle of a season when his team is leading its division will come out and blast their own front office. Obviously, he wasn't <laughs> going to do that, but if you had been able, Rob, to inject him with true serum. Do you believe that Rob Domofsky, you are Rob Domofsky, do you believe that Matt LaFleur <laughs> would have desperately, well, I'm not going to, to put desperately, would have strongly yeah. wanted to bring some more help in there? Yeah, look, after Diana Rossini reported that there was some disagreement, I said this, coaches always need to win now. General managers always need to win all the time. And that's where the disconnect is. It's why... Greeny, some people argue that the job should be won, coach and general manager, and it's also why people argue against it, that it shouldn't be won because the coach is always going to mortgage the future for now. And if you're Matt LaFleur or you're any coach with a team that you feel like is awfully close to a Super Bowl, which they were last year, as we know, one, one game away, how would you not want another weapon to make your strength stronger. There's so many times, Greeny, that, that, that teams feel like, okay, we are weak and we need to make that stronger. Well, their strength is their offense. So why not make your strength even stronger? That's a good point. And let's then bring it to their weakness, which is really weak, um, which is their complete inability to stop the run. <laughs> Uh, with yeah. Dalvin Cook running all over them last week, and Tampa ran on them, and New Orleans ran on them, and of course San Francisco legendarily ran them out of the playoffs last yeah. year. What, if anything, can they do to address that the second half of this season? I asked Kenny Clark, their, their high-paid nose tackle yesterday, why can't you guys stop the run? And he made it sound like it was not a scheme problem and look there's been a lot of heat on Mike Pettin and maybe Clark was just defending his defensive coordinator but the stats actually probably back that up in this sense that they hit Dalvin Cook at or behind the line of scrimmage on 12 of his carries uh the other day that's almost half of his carries they actually had a chance to get him down either at the line or behind the line and and missed that tells you that guys just aren't finishing plays and I, I don't think that that's a scheme problem the stats would indicate that that's an execution problem. And as Clark said, we've got to do our jobs. We have to make our responsibilities count and not get out of position. And at this point, that's what the film shows, that they are in position and they're just not finishing plays. Well, in theory, they will get their crack at San Francisco again tomorrow night. But again, that game is in some semblance of doubt with the 49ers having the positive test and closing their facility today. And as I said, we'll keep a close eye on that. And Rob Demosky, we will keep you close by as always as well. Thank you very much. You got it, Greeny. We'll see you.
All right, that's Rob Domofsky with me here who covers the Packers and does a really good job of it. I find that a really interesting team. And listen, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record. If you watch or listen to me at all over the course of the last week or two, you know where I stand. This is not mortgaging the future. Mortgaging the future is trading a whole bunch of picks and, and going all in on a season during the summer. This is adding a piece or two to what you know is a championship caliber team. You have Aaron Rodgers in the twilight of his career, but he has shown you that he is still in his prime. If your prime can be defined as still as good as any quarterback in the entire NFL, then he's in his prime. He's more than good enough. And I'm getting, for one, I'm just getting tired of them just riding these guys into almost good enough. Now, Aaron Rodgers is good enough to be better than almost good enough. And the, four, the, the Packers, for whatever reason, seem to be satisfied with almost good enough. And whatever it is they're going to do with that second round pick in 2022 is more important than going for it now. So would Will Fuller this year have been the difference between the Packers winning the Super Bowl and not? Obviously, I don't know that. And neither do they. But I think it would have made a difference. I watch them play every single week. When Lazard was there, yes, they looked better. And they could use him. But let's face it, before this season began, we weren't saying the key to the Packers is to make sure they keep Alan Lazard healthy. They, they, they could absolutely use another weapon on that offense. Because when if Rodgers finds himself, and he almost unquestionably will, in a fight in January with Tom Brady, Tom Brady's got a whole lot more guys to bring to that fight. Tom Brady's fighting with like seven guys. If this is like a battle royale or whatever they call those things in wrestling where they get a whole bunch of guys in the ring and you wait until only one of them is standing, Brady is walking in with a whole lot more guys behind him than Aaron Rodgers is. And if I'm Rodgers, I'm frustrated by that. And if I'm a Packer fan, I'm extremely frustrated by that. So that's where we begin today. Again, the very latest from San Francisco, and we will continue to keep Shefty close by and anyone else to see if that game tomorrow night is going to be played. As of now, it is scheduled to be played as scheduled Thursday night football, Green Bay at San Francisco. But the 49ers had the positive test. They have the facility closed. So I suppose we have to say there was at least some question as to whether or not they'll be able to do it. And with that, I invite you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is heating up, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Now, speaking of NFC contenders who are making moves to try to win Antonio Brown on the practice field for Tampa Bay for the first time today. And the question to head coach Bruce Arians is, how much should we expect to see Antonio Brown Sunday night against New Orleans? Here was his answer. Yeah, it really depends how the game goes. Uh, if we're successful with the package that we put him in, we'll probably run it more. Um, you know, he'll, he'll have his role, and uh, it could be 10 plays. It could be 35 plays. I wouldn't anticipate 60 plays for sure, but... Uh, you know, we'll just see how it goes. I will take the over on 10 plays. I just have a feeling Antonio Brown is going to be a major difference maker, and I will tell you why. What's the oldest rule, the first rule of real estate? Location, location, location. Do you know where Antonio Brown is living? He's living in Tom Brady's house, which, among other things, 
is absolutely the plot line to a fabulous sitcom. I mean, would anyone else not watch that show? Would you not watch a Tom Brady and Giselle are sitting there and they're having breakfast in the morning and down comes A.B. in his robe? <laughs> the kids are in there and they're, you know, fighting over the last bowl of, of cereal, whatever, the, whatever it might be. It's a pretty stupid concept, but you know what? I hadn't get a whole lot of sleep last night, so I find it funny. But that's really neither here nor there for the purposes of this discussion. Antonio Brown needs to be focused. He needs everything to be working in the correct way for him to maximize what he can be. And what he can be is the best receiver in the National Football League. Let me say that again. The best. When he was at his best, he was that. There was Odell, there was DeAndre, there was Julio. The most productive of them was Antonio Brown by a wide margin. And so now you put him on this team that has Mike Evans, when they're all healthy, and Chris, uh, Chris Godwin, and has Gronkowski, and has Brait, and has Fournette, and has Rojo, and they're all good. But he's the best one. They just added the best one. And I think that Brady absolutely turns him into a made man there. And he's staying with Brady. I, I, I just think that if there is a path to success for Brown, this is it. He has found it. And I think this is going to work huge. I think Brown is going to be a major difference maker in the second half of the season. And in a year in which you always have to put a bunch of caveats. So one of them is the coronavirus doesn't wind up becoming a major factor for them. The other, as any year, is that injuries don't wind up becoming a major factor. And they've had some. In particular, Godwin has been hurt and is hurt. But if they're healthy, they are far and away the team to beat far and away the team to beat because their defense is better than Green Bay's defense and Seattle's defense combined. If you took all the players on Seattle's defense and all the players on Green Bay's defense and just created an all-star team between the two of them, Tampa's defense would be better. So Brady has everything on his side. The three leading candidates for MVP in the NFC are those three legendary quarterbacks, right? First ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Brady in his six rings, Rodgers with his one, Russell with his one. Russell, the leading candidate for MVP of the league this year. Brady's obviously won it. Rodgers has won it. Three legendary quarterbacks. I think Russell has the offensive weapons to match up with anybody. You put DK Metcalf and Lockett out there, and you're, you're doing just fine. DK Metcalf is like a whole other level of unbelievable. So I'm not at all worried about Russell going toe-to-toe, score-for-score with Brady if he needs to. But which team are you confident making a stop? Green Bay doesn't make a stop. They just run the ball down their throat. Seattle doesn't make a stop. Passing offenses live to play against them. The Bucs will make a stop. The Bucs can beat you on either side of the ball. So the Bucs are definitively the best team in the NFC right now. They may not look at every week. They didn't necessarily look at Monday night against the Giants. But if you had to bet on an NFC team winding up in the Super Bowl right now, I can't imagine anyone wouldn't put that money on Tampa Bay. Greeny with you. Uh, We are presented here by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Damian Woody will join me in just a moment. Again, the big story here today, the 49ers have had a positive test and closed their facility. You might be saying, well, Greeny, that happens all the time now. Well, it doesn't usually happen the day before their game. Remember, they play tomorrow night. 
As of now, the, the Packers are scheduled to fly out there this afternoon to San Francisco to play that game. That is the way it is scheduled as far as the league is concerned. Right now, that game is still on, but that bears close watching. Damian Woody will join me coming up, and you will hear David Pollack say something on television this morning that might wind up being the most important thing said of the entire football season. You will hear it in this hour. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Cowboys will be without quarterback Andy Dalton for another week, but it's not because of the concussion he sustained two weeks ago. Rather, Dalton's been placed on the reserve COVID list. This is really an Andy Dalton health story, not, oh my God, what are the Cowboys going to do? Again, the story here, the 49ers now will be without Kendrick Bourne if their game is played tomorrow night against Green Bay. Kendrick Bourne testing positive, the 49ers closing their facility. They're scheduled to play the Packers tomorrow night. As of now, that game is on. But here's a remarkable tweet from Scott Grodsky, um, who is a reporter in Wisconsin, it appears. He covers the Packers, Brewers, Bucks, and Admirals. And he tweeted, with Kendrick Bourne out, the 49ers will not have a single offensive player who touched the ball in the NFC Championship game on the field tomorrow. You want to talk about a team that has been completely decimated every year one or two nfl teams just have their seasons ruined by injury this year the 49ers are that team damian woody is with me here on the shell Pennzoil performance line we'll go around some of the storylines around the nfl hello again d wood greeny how you doing my friend i'm I'm good Let, let me ask you were you ever on that team every year there's a team that just has its season destroyed by injury were you ever on that team i don't know if i've ever been on a team greeny that that has been decimated like the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, when you look up and down that roster from Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Nick Bosa, uh, you know, Solomon Thomas, I mean, the list goes on and on. Debo Samuels. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of all the impact players that we saw from the previous year that we that, that are out, either out for the year or on IR. It's just unbelievable what we're seeing from the 49ers right now. Yeah, again, it, it's a fascinating tweet, and Field Yates retweeted it, which is how I saw it. There's not a single player on the 49ers that touched the ball in the NFC Championship game who will be on the field tomorrow night if, indeed, that game is even played. D. Wood, meanwhile, speaking of devastated by injury, uh, the Dallas Cowboys have been decimated by injury, and the story today um, is that they are looking at either Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush as their starting quarterback 
for their game Sunday. And not that it at this point probably makes a whole lot of difference. And my question to you is, as you watch what has become of this Cowboys season, what does it tell us about Dak Prescott and all of the debate that we had for so long about how good he really was? What does this do for your impression of him when you see what's happened to them since he got hurt? His value has gone up, Greeny. I mean, think about this. This is a team that with Dak Prescott, we knew the defense was horrible, but they were in shootouts every week, and it was because of the leadership of of Dak Prescott, not only on the field but off the field. And we've seen when Dak Prescott went down, how it seemed like the whole organization has unraveled. The defense has been the same. They've just been – they can't stop a nosebleed. Offensively, they've just been a disaster. I know they've had injuries on the offensive line. I get it. But, you know, Zeke hasn't been the same. The, the, the wide receivers aren't, you know, aren't the same. And it's all because of the leadership of Dak Prescott. And I know people are going to say because of that injury, well, maybe the Dallas Cowboys shouldn't pay that type of money. But on the flip side of that, we've seen the impact now that Dak Prescott had on that organization uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Well, if you just look at the three games before he got hurt, They scored 40 points, 31 points, and 38 points. In the three games since he got hurt, they've scored 10, 3, and 9. They've scored one touchdown (laughs) on 32 drives since Dak got hurt. So sometimes the story just tells itself. Um, but, But in that division, with Dak hurt, there's one quarterback that should be putting his team on his shoulders and easily carrying them not only into the playoffs, but into a gaudy record because the division is so bad and they should feel like a real contender. And that's the Philadelphia Eagles led by Carson Wentz. We talked about this a little on TV this morning, but I'd, I'd love you to expand on your thoughts a little bit. As you watch Wentz right now, what do you see? What is wrong? Granted, he, he's looking like a liability to me. And listen, I know that you know the Philadelphia Eagles have their fair share of injuries, particularly on the offensive side of the football. But so many times when you watch when, when you watch Carson Wentz play, he'll make a couple spectacular plays, but then he'll follow it up with a, a couple boneheaded plays where you're thinking, what are you doing? What exactly is going on here? And he's, he's still having this hard time getting out of this hero ball of just trying to make the big play instead of taking the money that's there. And it's costing the Philadelphia Eagles big time. I know everyone wants to keep revisiting I believe it was 2017 where he was on his way to probably having an MVP-type season. But that's not Carson Wentz that we've seen now for the past couple of years. What we've seen from Carson Wentz is an injury-prone, inconsistent, below-average type of quarterback. And they have, the Philadelphia Eagles have a lot of money invested in Carson Wentz, but he needs to play a whole lot better if Philadelphia is going is to get back on the right track. 100% right. Greeny and D. Wood with you on ESPN Radio. And I will give you the credit. You said before the season started on Get Up, I asked you guys for your bold predictions, and you said you thought Jalen Hurts would start some games for them this year. And I will admit to you, D. Wood, I thought to myself, well, he's nuts. <laughs> D. Wood is out of, <laughs> D. Wood's out of his mind. Well, you don't sound so nuts now. And you just said it. They have so much money tied up in him the next few years. He's not going anywhere, but they got to get it figured out. One more for you, D. Wood. Um, Antonio Brown on the practice field today. What does he do for your old quarterback, Tom Brady, and Tampa Bay? 
He, Greeny, he's a versatile chess piece. You know, he, he, he's a guy that you can not only line up in the slot, you can line him up outside. And Greeny, listen, I know we haven't seen meaningful football from, from Antonio Brown since 2018. But just to remind the listeners out there, this guy was the best wide receiver in football. Bar none, when he, the last time we saw him play meaningful games, this is a guy that was very reliable, beat double coverage consistently. So now if you get that type of guy, that type of player, Antonio Brown, imagine what it's going to open up for all the other players. And they have a bunch of guys. You know, the Chris Godwins, Mike Evans, the Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette. And these guys are still coming back from, you know, a variety of ailments, injuries. So when these guys get to full speed, name me a better team in the NFC because I can't find it. Yeah, can't do it, especially when you consider that they can play defense. Seattle might be able to match them score for score, and, and we'll see what Aaron Rodgers can do. But the Packers get run on like crazy. Seattle gets thrown on like crazy. And Tampa Bay will play some defense, too. So they, to me, clearly look like the team to beat in the NFC. D. Wood, it was a pleasure spending the morning with you, as always. Thanks for jumping on here, and I'll see you soon. All right, man. Take it easy. It's my friend Damian Woody there, who was really good this morning. I, I want to share a few thoughts on this morning because it was uh, a little different than, than some days uh, have been and usually are. I will do that coming up next. And I also think I need to clarify something I said yesterday that, from what I can tell, everyone seems to have gotten wrong. We'll do that and more as we continue. But right now, it is time for some straight talk. Look, we all drop our phones, right? That happens. You fumble it, you crack it, you splash it. Well, Straight Talk Wireless now offers this new Platinum Unlimited plan that includes phone protection. For just 65 bucks a month, you get unlimited talk, text, and data, plus 20 gigs of hotspot and 100 gigs of cloud storage and more, all on the best networks. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. See mobile protect terms and conditions at com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. We're back in just a moment. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Starting this Monday... Do you know what I've lived through as a fan of this franchise? The video stream of Greeny with Mike Greenberg is on ESPN+. I'm going to be optimistic because it costs the same as being pessimistic. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, The Max Kellerman Show, Dan Lebitard, and Janae Angola Jr. can now be seen exclusively on ESPN+. With ESPN+, you'll get access to each show, plus live sports, exclusive originals, and more. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, so every once in a while I see something or I hear something and it makes me say, I'm sorry, what? And here is an excellent example of that. Our football power index, our analytics, the people we love to call the nerds, put together their rankings of all the teams in the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 7-0 and and coming off of three consecutive wins against winning teams. They demolished Cleveland. The Browns have five wins. They beat Tennessee in a game in which they handled the Titans, then made some turnovers and sort of let Tennessee back in the game and then held on to win. That was at a time when we thought the Titans might be as good as anyone in the AFC. And then they did exactly the reverse of that to Baltimore. They got themselves back in the game against the Ravens and found a way to win it in the second half because of a few turnovers. The Steelers, who have probably the most balance of any team in the league based upon how good their defense is, and how much potential there is in their offense, our analytics rank the Pittsburgh Steelers the sixth best team in the National Football League. Number six, behind Baltimore, the team they just beat on the road a couple of days ago. And Hembo explained all of it to me, and I get it. I understand how they do these things. They, you, they take the numbers and they, uh, they bring up uh, the, the, the likeliest scenarios in things. I understand how that works. And I am one who enjoy, I like analytics and I like the role that they play in a lot of things. But while FBI says that they have the number two defense, they have the number 17 offense, in part because they say of the poor play of Ben Roethlisberger, who ranks 22nd in QBR, sandwiched between Daniel Jones and Joe Burrow. I get it. I understand why one would look at the numbers that way. But Ben has always kind of been more of an art than a science. And sports sometimes is at least as much an art as a science. This kind of goes back to the conversations we were having coming off the World Series of last week. The data and the numbers are important and they're good. But at the end of the day, those teams played each other. The Steelers won. Now I get it. If the worst team in the league, if the the Dallas Cowboys this week beat the Steelers, Does that mean the Cowboys should be ahead of the Steelers in the overall standings? No, of course not. So I understand head-to-head doesn't settle everything when it comes to that stuff. But if we were doing this sort of in the the way that we would rank teams, which I know they're not, they're they're purely just using the numbers to gauge who they think is better. They have Baltimore favored to win when those teams meet up again in four weeks on Thanksgiving night in Pittsburgh. Oh, by the way, the Steelers are going to be 10-0. The Steelers are essentially a lock to be 10-0 and 0 when those teams play each other. And I'm doing this from memory, guys. We could look it up. They played Dallas this week, and then they also, I, I want to say Cincinnati and Jacksonville are the other two games that they have. That's right. Thank you. Between now and then. So they're going to be 10-0. and 0. And they still have Washington, and they have uh, Cleveland again, whom they just beat to shreds when they played. So the Steelers are going to be something. If everything goes wrong, they're going to be 13-3. and 3. And if things go right, they could be something like 15 and 1. So we can rank them wherever we want to rank them. 
But right now, if you ask me to bet on it, if those two teams played each other in, in a playoff setting with absolutely everything on the line, who am I buying? I'm taking Pittsburgh for sure, and the quarterbacks are the reason. So you can start talking about however bad you think Ben Roethlisberger is playing. But you tell me which one of the quarterbacks you trust in a spot like that? I trust Ben. Here are the numbers on him this year. The Steelers' pass game, apparently, is underwhelming. Big Ben ranks 30th among 32 quarterbacks in yards per completion, ahead of only Nick Foles and Sam Darnold. Any number below 10 yards per completion is alarming. Their offense is such that the short, quick passing game has become their bread and butter, but has cost the Saints in recent years in the playoffs. Look, this is a team that is also still figuring it out. They bring in this guy, Chase Claypool, who is sort of developing into a star. Juju Smith-Schuster is figuring out his role. They run it with Connor, and they've got, um, who's the kid from Kentucky who they have, Snell, who's pretty good, coming off the bench and runs it a little bit down by the goal line as well, and Johnson and Washington. they got a ton of weapons, and they have a defense that will knock your head off. That game they played against Baltimore, and they were, as I just mentioned, they were coming off a week in which they had just played a similar game that was sort of hyped similarly against Tennessee. The Ravens are coming off a bye. The Ravens had a week of rest, recuperation, and preparation to go up against the Steelers, and Pittsburgh still turned the quarterback over four times. And that's the difference in the game. So I get what the numbers say, and I'm not knocking the numbers. But this thing is an art, every bit as much as it is a science. And to me, the art of it, without question, says the Steelers are one of two teams that I could see coming out of the AFC this year. I really could only see two. While obviously granting you that anything could happen, uh, let's make this straight talk. Straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Kansas City and Pittsburgh are the only teams I could see making it out of the AFC. I don't buy anyone in the East, not Buffalo, not Miami. I don't buy the Colts. I think well, I don't see any of those teams. Baltimore would be the only one I could see even having any conceivable chance of playing themselves into a place where I could see them winning a game. If they're going to have to beat both those teams, which they are, you think you see them beating Pittsburgh and Kansas City in back-to-back weeks? I don't see it happening. If I had to bet on it right now because of the quarterback, I would bet on the Chiefs in the AFC and the Steelers second, and I don't think I would put anybody third. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. You know who knows a little something about playing in Super Bowls and is one of the absolute best people you will ever meet? That's Jim Kelly, the Hall of Famer. And he's going to join me live. We'll talk a whole bunch of football with Jim Kelly next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.